0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language. But the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. A mystery of plainly seeing the Father. Hallelujah. Let's begin with the elements of scripture. When Jesus says, take this. And this is my blood. This is my blood in the New Testament and take this bread, he break it and he says, this is my body that was given for you, right? And Jesus says that do this in remembrance of me always, okay? It's more than simply the artifacts of bread and wine because how would wine become blood or bread become body? If it was in any way to be interpreted in the human sense, it was not possible for simply Blood to be represented by wine or bread to represent the body. And the Bible says, and because many of them did not discern the body, some are sick, some are weak, and some die. That is not only a physical experience. Some, it's their lives, it's their careers, it's their ministry, it's it's everything. The Bible says, because they have not taken after that manner." The Bible says many fall sick and many are weak and some die because they don't discern the Lord's body. They don't understand what it means to partake of these things. And so every time they drink, the Bible says they drink damnation to themselves because they discern not the Lord's body. Some are ailing, praise God. Praise God. They are weak, sickly. And and like I said, it is partly the body, but also other things can fall sick. Other things can weaken and and ail and die among you because you don't design the body. If you do not understand the revelation of the blood and the body, you have not yet understood communion. This has been so missed understood and grossly misrepresented, of course, by religious people, who simply think that these are simply traditions that we maintain in church because he says, do this in remembrance of me. When he's talking about doing it in remembrance, he's, he's, he's talking beyond simply taking the bread and drinking the wine. No, designing it, designing it, designing it before you partake of the blood and the body. To understand the mind of what was done in the body, in the person of Christ, and the blood that was shed at Calvary. That's what they call Holy Communion. But this blood of the Christ... That he gives his disciples. Remember, this is not simply the blood that stays at Calvary. It is shared at Calvary, but it does not stay at Calvary. It transitions the Old Testament dispensation and the relationship that God has with man in that time and comes into the new. He calls it my blood in the New Testament. 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 So communion, if you have not understood how it is or how to commune with God, how to have a communion with God, how to commune with the Holy Spirit, how to commune, you will be frustrated. You will be frustrated. You will be so frustrated. Why? Because the Bible says when they hear the voice of God, they shall leave. Hmm? The Bible says when you hear the voice of God, you leave. That means the moment you you cannot hear the voice of God, you will die. It's not physical only, again, I say. It can be spiritual. It can be many aspects. Listen, almost everything dying around us has a lot to do with how we hear God, how we relate with God. The Bible says, verily, verily, I say unto you the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And what happens? And they shall leave. They shall leave. When you hear the voice of God, you leave. We are alive because of how much we hear. Somebody shout hallelujah. You are alive because of how much you hear. The voice of God. The voice of God is our life. It's not the one thing we consult when we are stuck. It is the one thing that is supposed to be an ever-fixed mark and a constant experience in each of our lives. You must be able to hear God every day of your life. In every decision and everywhere you go, you must be able to hear God. And it is possible to hear God in every way. Somebody shout hallelujah. It is possible to walk as a man with sight. That is why many people have fears. You remember the story of Elisha? How the servant of Elisha comes to him and tells him, Oh, we are encompassed by so a great army. The, the Assyrians have pounced on our borders and we are encompassed. And these are two men who are all walking in the same house, but one is restless and the other one has peace because he sees how many. He said, Father, open his eyes that he might see. Sometimes the things that we go through, the challenges, The fears, the the, the anxieties that we carry in the Christian faith are as a result of the things we don't truly see in him. We see so much the things without. We see so much the things that are the works of the devil. We see so much the carnal things, the sensual, the earthly elements, but we don't see him. But like the preacher says, you have to set the Lord before you. You have to set the Lord before you. You have to get to a level where you can see God. You can discern him. You can experience him. You You can touch, taste, feel. When the voice of God comes, it is clear. It is tangible. It is crispy, clear. There are many voices, but none without signification. I tell you many times that there are people who are convinced that they hear God. But you see, their communion cannot qualify them to hear God a certain way. That is why many of our Christians say, ah, no, I had God in this. I had God on this. I had God on this business. I had God in this uh, um, relationship. I had God on the man I'll marry. I had God on the woman I'll marry. I had God on the business I'll do. And then it fails. And it has not failed simply because the devil was strong or mighty. It failed simply because they did not really hear, but familiar spirits spoke to their ears. Their sensual pleasures, their lusts, their mind agreeing, you understand, with many things, convinced them that they had had God. And some mistakes are so hard to reverse. Not impossible, but so hard. You, you're following what I'm saying? Now, that is why we stress the communion with God. Your communion with him. The elements of blood and the body are the things that give us access. These are the things that help us understand truly why we deserve to relate and commune with God the Father. Somebody shout hallelujah. Until your communion with the Father is full, like I said, you will, it's like for example, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You remember? He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And he says, that nobody gets to the Father except John 14, verse 6. He says, Jesus says unto them, I am the way, listen, the truth and the life. And he says, no man, no, no man, no man cometh to the Father except by me. Mary can't take you there. Mary cannot take you there. Mother of God cannot take you there. Pray for us sinners. no. Mother of God cannot take you there. He says, nobody gets to the Father except by me. You understand? So how can you not design the elements of the Christ and get to the Father? How can you not understand the purpose of that blood and the essence of that body and then get to the Father? How can you not know that he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, the chastisement of your peace was upon him by his stripes ye were healed? How can you not know that and think that you will have full access to the Father? Do you understand what I'm saying? Thank God for grace. Because grace shows us the end of all this communication. If you're preaching grace, you reveal the blood and the body. Men design it fully so they don't drink to damnation. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is why certain people go to God and ask for healing. Because they don't know what Jesus has done, they cannot come to the Father except by Christ. If you don't understand what Jesus has done, you don't expect to receive anything from the Father. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you have not yet understood the finished work of Christ at the cross at Calvary, don't expect to receive anything from the Father because you're a double-minded man. You're unstable in your ways. You must know what the Father did. What God the Father did through Christ. Because the end line of our relationship is to come boldly to the Father. So he says, nobody comes to the Father except through me or by me. It's more than just in the name of Jesus, no. What's the revelation that you carry in the name? Not everybody who says in the name of Jesus, you get healed. Or not everybody who casts out devils and says in the name of Jesus, go, those devils go. But it is in the revelation of the name. That is why I want Christians to devote themselves more to the revelation of the experience of the person in the name and not simply the semantics of if you don't call him Yeshua HaMashiach by his name, therefore he's not Jesus. No. Some of us, when he revealed himself to us, we didn't even know that there was a Yeshua HaMashiach. That we were not Greek, but we understood him in our language and the lame walked and the blind saw and the deaf, heart and cancerous tumors disappeared out of men's bodies before we even understood him deeply. So it's not about the semantics of whether it's Yeshua or Yesu or Yesu. The point is how do you call him? Do you call him in the revelation of who he is? You understand? Otherwise, don't limit him by simply the language he's called by the Jew. You understand what I'm saying? Because he is the same to the Jew and the Gentile. He's the same to the Jew and the Gentile. He's the same to the Jew and the Gentile. I met men who are former Muslims, and Sam did not even know anything about Christianity, but he came to them and revealed himself to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if he comes to a Muslim and says I'm Isa, hey, me, I ah, know me, I know Jesus. That's that's another one. No, no, no. Listen, don't limit God according to how you think He thinks. Get into the mind of God and know Him and how He thinks. And respond to him by his mind, not by what you think he thinks. That's assumption. The spirit world does not have does not move by assumptions. There are things that appear assumptional, but the spirit world does not move by assumptions. The spirit world moves by knowledge, by revelation. Somebody shout hallelujah. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. That means you must have the revelation of what I did at the cross, the revelation of the blood that I gave. The things that qualify you. Not to be qualified, but the things that qualify you. Why people drink to damnation is because they do not understand the full extent of their qualification by faith. So they disqualify themselves because they do not have the full revelation of their qualification by faith. It can only be by faith that it will be of grace that the promise might be sure to all that believe. For both the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Whether they've done this or done that, the point is not there. The point is, do they believe in Jesus? There is justification for them. And if there is justification for them, there is a surety of the promises of God fulfilled. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only that which is of the law, but to that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So some of us are not justified by the law, but we still have the fullness of the promise of God upon our lives because we are of faith. We have received the faith of the Christ. And when that faith was appropriated in our lives, what happened? Grace was given. And when grace was availed, all the promises were sure. That is why I don't worry that I'm going to be poor. I cannot be poor. That is why I don't worry about my health because I am sure of my divine health that I carry in Christ. That's why I don't worry about the future of my ministry and myself. That's why I don't worry about healing the sick and casting out devils whether they'll heal or not on the healing crusades we do. I am certain they will heal. This is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that, that, that tells me that you will not Fail. You cannot fail. You don't fail. Why? Because you've embraced this by faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. Put the hand on your head and say I don't fail. Just say I don't fail. In the mighty name of Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? So he says I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life and nobody gets to the Father except by me. And the next verse says if ye had known me, this is Jesus, you see again? The body, the blood. He says, if ye had known me, you should have known my father also. If you had known me, you should, should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Because you know me, Christ. And the next verse says, Philip said unto him, Lord, this is not clear. Show us the Father, and it shall suffice us. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Jesus is trying to tell him, look, if you have the full revelation of me, it is easy and plain to know the Father. And Philip says, "Uh uh-uh, show us the Father. Philip is missing the point. No, if you have a full revelation of who I am, what I do, what I can do, what I've done, you will know the Father. And Philip says, "Uh uh-uh, Jesus, show us. In fact, the word there, show, is the very Hebrew word for plainly. Plainly show us the Father. Hey, but you're leaving the, the clue right here. You're leaving the answer right here. The next verse says, "Mm -hmm. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a long time with you, and yet has not known me, Philip? Did you hear that? So ask the Father, Have I been with you so long, and you have not known me, Philip? That's the Father speaking in the Son. (laughs) Philip, I have been with you this long, and you have not known me. You see, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one and the same. But there are distinctions in the functioning when they're relating with humanity. And I never want you to forget that. There are distinctions of functioning when they're relating with humanity because God the Father, in His infinite wisdom, prefers to define these functions according to His overall purpose and plan in the relationship that He wants to have with man. That is why sometimes we say things like the Spirit of the Father. Or sometimes we use, or the scriptures use, languages like the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Christ. You remember when Paul is talking about uh, the people who are preaching the gospel? Some in contention and strife, some in peace and understanding. The Bible says, it says, one preaches Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bones. And he says in the next verse, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. But he says, what then, notwithstanding, everywhere, listen, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ, this is Paul speaking, is preached, and therein do I rejoice here, yeah, and I will rejoice. And the next verse says, for I know. That this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply, listen, of the spirit of Jesus Christ. It shall turn to the supply of the spirit of Christ. There is such a thing as the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ existed before the person of Christ in the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? The spirit of Christ existed before the person. He existed before the person of the existence of the Christ in the body. The Bible calls him the rock from which they drank. He came in the form of a rock and they drank from there. But they did not know that this was the spirit of Christ feeding men. He says, did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Christ, the spirit of Christ came. In a certain form, and it was a rock from which men drank from. He existed. He comes in in the place and mind and and spirit of Melchizedek, the order, the king of Salem. The Bible says he has no beginning of days, neither end of days. He has no mother, no father, no origin. And, And this is to whom Abraham gave the tithes in the order of Melchizedek. And in Hebrew, now Paul sees the Melchizedek fellow that Abraham related with. And he says, ah, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. This Christ, the Bible says, he is ordained after the order of Melchizedek. But the Melchizedek, he comes in the form of a priestly man before whom Abraham had to uh, give his oblations to. Yet, that was the supply. That was the spirit of Christ in the line of the priesthood of Melchizedek and that spirit of Christ even before he comes in the body why does he come in the body simple to bear the sins of man to be wounded for their transgressions to be bruised for their iniquities that the chastisement of our peace was upon him there was no way he would redeem man without becoming part of man there is no way he had power to redeem man totally into reconciliation with God after the fall, except taking on the part of man. Every seed, the Bible says, desires a body. So the Christ comes. If man had not sinned, the spirit of Christ would still hover over the earth, but without his form bodily. So Christ existed. That is why the Bible speaks of Moses, how he refused to be called the son of the daughter of Pharaoh. Esteeming Christ's greater Riches. He saw him who was invisible. Do you understand? The Bible says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense. In Peter, he speaks of the prophets of old. Of which salvation the prophets of all did speak of. He says, and to whom, the Bible says, they searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come. The Bible says they prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And the next verse says, searching what or what manner of time. Listen, the spirit, again it comes, of Christ which was in them did signify when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow after. There was a spirit of Christ with them when they prophesied these things. Are you following? It reveals the person of the father. In Samuel chapter 2, verses 27, the Bible says, a man came to Eli. Now, read any commentary, read any translation, read any reading. That man does not have a name in scripture. And I believe that this was the spirit of Christ speaking through the man. Why do I believe so? Because scripture does not tell us the man's name. He stayed the hidden prophet. There is no name, no commentary tells you the name of this man. But the man comes to Eli and says unto him, Thus said the Lord, did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I plainly, this is the Lord speaking, did I plainly appear to your father's house in Egypt? Now we're talking about Eli. Eli is the son of Itamar. Itamar is the last born of Aaron. You know that. You know that. All we know that a man came. And this man is talking to Eli the very words that are connecting to the things I'm trying to share with you. The first thing he says, the Lord says, listen, the Lord says, listen to that voice. Did I not appear to you plainly in the house of your father? This is God asking Eli, did I not appear to you plainly? But up to today, we don't know who that man is. The glory of the spirit of Christ is to reveal the father and his spirit. That's the ministry and glory of the Christ. He says, I do as I see my father do. He says, I judge as I hear my father say. There is nothing the Christ did except by the revelation of the father. And look at how beautiful this this, this reconciliation is. He says, in that day you shall ask me nothing. He says, in that day you shall ask me nothing. John 16, verses 25. He says, these things have I spoken you in parables, that the time cometh. He says, when I shall no more speak unto you in parables. But the Bible says, uh-huh, read. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? He says, these things have I spoken unto you in parables that the time cometh, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in parables, but I shall show you plainly the Father. The Greek word therefore plain is parasia, and I'll explain that. Parasia is God individually opening up, pouring forth, unveiling the complete picture to the individual. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Parasia, that word I'm talking about plainly is this. Let me explain it deeply. You remember when Jesus comes to the disciples and he says that there are many things I want to show you. There are many things I want to teach you. He tells the disciples. There are many things I want to reveal to you. But he says, "But, but you're not able now he says, but I'll send you the Holy Spirit. Because you're not able to take these things in. God speaks to every man according to their ability of how much they are able to take. Many of you, if you check your hearts, it's the pride and hardness of your heart that is holding you back from accessing God a certain way. Because certain things are straightforward. It's like when... He says, I have yet many things to send to you, but you cannot bear them now. There are many things. The hidden word there, the hidden meaning there is I do not have the freedom to express openly. Now, paresia is the freedom to express openly to those individually who are able to bear. That's what they mean when he says, I will plainly show you the Father. Can I say it again? Parasia is the place where the person of Christ, the Holy Spirit, has freedom. He has freedom and an openness to explain to you fully, the full account individually, or as a group holy that belong to, for example, the the portion of a Christian is different from the portion of men who don't have Christ. And also, even in the Christian faith, there are different Individual groups that have been exalted above others by reason of how much they've applied themselves to the things of the spirit. For example, Paul tells Timothy about faithful men. He says that you can teach everything, but when you get to certain things, teach these things to faithful men who are able to teach others also. You understand? He could teach the word, basic word. He could preach the gospel. But there are things that Paul himself spoke to Timothy as a spiritual son. And he says to him, look, Timothy, these things commit to faithful men. Commit these things to faithful men. That is why you don't cast pearl to swine. The Bible says, they will trample on, on the pearls. And then after, Come after you and rent you. They'll fight you. Who gave the power? We don't share everything we know. Not because we fear that if we share it all, we'll lose it. Listen, some of us have gone to the end of all things. We can never run out. It's not pride, it's the truth. We're land spirits. We are scribes instructed in the kingdom. We can't run out of revelation. I cannot wake up one day and I don't have some to share. If you have known me for 10 years, have been deep for 10 years. That's the truth. And I can never run out. Why? Because I went to the end of that source. The person of Christ. I understood the father in Christ. And so are you. The more you hear to these things, God is taking you to a place of Oh, he's taking it to a place of overflow where you will never run out of the knowledge of God. This is the kingdom. That is part of his kingdom. Of his kingdom, there is increase. He says, pertaining his kingdom, pertaining the things of his kingdom. He says, there shall be increase. His government, he says, there shall be no end when it comes to His government, when it comes to, to the increase of His government, there shall be no end. When it comes to the increase, because He governs through knowledge, He governs through authority, He governs through revelation, He governs through answers, He governs through miracles, He governs through science, He governs through wonders, He governs through glory, He governs through these things. He says, of His government, They shall be increased. It shall not have end. That's why I'm trying to tell you That for as long as you live, you're going to be deeper and deeper and deeper. You're going to know more and no more. You're going to increase increase and increase and increase and increase and increase and increase in the knowledge of God. Why? Because you're under his shadow. You're under his power. You're under his leading. And those are the things that humble you. Those are the things that humble me. Why? Because I am confident of this one thing, that it's not my sufficiency. I'm entirely yielded to God. Somebody say, I'm entirely yielded to God. Say it again and say, I'm entirely yielded to God. You cannot run out. I cannot run out. In the mighty name of Jesus. I can't run out of ideas. I can't run out of revelation. I can't run out of vision. I can't run out of miracles. I can't run out of signs. I can't run out of wonders. I can't run out. I cannot run out. I cannot run out. I'm increasing. That's why my ministry will increase until the day I leave this earth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. We can't, we can't decrease. Tell your neighbor, it's not in my nature to decrease. Somebody shout hallelujah. (laughs) The freedom to express to the individual depending on how much they're able to bear. That is why Jesus spoke in parables. That's why he spoke in parables. That's why he was always speaking in hidden uh, sentences. Unclear to them which were there. Why? Because he was saying, those that are able, pick it. But why don't you give it to them plainly? Because it's useless if they're not able. Hey. It's useless if they're not able. It's not pals if they're not able. So we, even as, as men of God, sometimes, there's a man of God one time, many years ago, he, phoned me, he told me, you know what? When you're teaching, don't preach it all. Why? Because if you preach it all, you'll wake up one day and you don't have anything to preach. I say what? It's a wrong mentality. He's not talking about the Jesus we know. The Jesus I know is endless. The Bible calls them the bottomless things of God. And here is a mystery. The Bible says, by his knowledge, the depths are what? Are broken. He says, by his knowledge, the depths are broken up. The depths are broken up. Do you understand what that means? That the more you know God, the deeper. When he calls it the the depths are broken, it means a depth can only be broken for you to drop in a deeper depth. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. A depth can only be broken for you to drop in a deeper depth. That means the more you know him, deeper, deeper, deeper. And the deeper you go, the higher you go. Somebody shout hallelujah. Basic engineering. A building can only go as high as how much it's established in the ground, isn't it? That's a true building. Architects call it true, eh? truth. Eh? And he says, and what happens? The clouds drop down the dew. Dew fell before manna. The New Testament dispensation does not have manna like it was in the Old Testament dispensation. The New Testament dispensation has a Revelation 2:17 manna. He calls it the hidden manna, the hidden things. Oh! I don't know who I'm talking to. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And to the churches, to him that overcometh will I give you to, to eat the hidden manna. And remember, this was the principle in the Old Testament dispensation. That dew fell before the manna. Here he's telling you that by his knowledge, the depths are broken. And what happens? The clouds drop the dew. The dew is the sign of hidden manna. The dew is the ability. The dew is the ability to sustain hidden manner. The dew is the ability, the divine ability. God gives you the divine ability to be able to handle heavy stuff. Oh! Somebody shout glory. That's what he means. That's what he means. He gives you the ability to receive heavy stuff. He gives you the ability. And this same stuff can hover the earth and bypass a simple man. And if it bypasses a simple man, it can only appear but a parable. That is why somebody can come to church and say, you know what, I was in service, but the guy was talking, but I was not understanding anything. Let me look for a church where I understand everything. Okay, look for a church that understands everything. Because you think that by understanding everything, therefore you understand the Father. <laughs> so when Jesus tells them it is given to you to know, he's talking about the dew. The dew is available. Somebody shout hallelujah. Grace has availed the dew. Grace has availed the dew. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout Hallelujah. Do you know what it's like for God to want to tell you something? And then he gets and as says, you're not able. The dew is not there. The hidden man can't fall. Yet it is given to you to know. That means the grace for the dew is available. You simply reject it. New Testament dispensational people are not supposed to be seeking. No. It's available for them. It's available for them. If you're a New Testament believer, you're not the one supposed to be seeking for revelation. No. Revelation, it has sought you. It will seek you. Why? Oh, how do I know that? Simple. You have Jesus. In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The only challenge is that some people only see the other half, the power. No. He's Christ. The Bible says the wisdom and power of God. The Bible calls him Christ, the wisdom and power of God. We don't preach him only as the, we have to also preach him also as the, wisdom of God. It's an unbalanced gospel when you can reveal wisdom without power or when you can reveal power without wisdom. But unto them that are called, hallelujah, both the Jews and the Greeks, his Christ, the power of God the wisdom of God. (laughs) He's Christ the power and the wisdom of God. He's Christ the power and the wisdom of God. You see, let me tell you something interesting. The Lord spoke to me some time way, way back. You see, some time ago. You see, It's easy to know a false ministry and a true one. According to the scripture. One of the standards is no man, no man says that Christ is Lord except by the spirit of God. Jesus is saying, If a man stands and says Jesus Christ is Lord and you think that he can say it by another power, then you do not know God. Hereby we know the spirit of God. Again, now we're talking about the spirit of God the Father. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. No man that is not functioning under, that, under the spirit of God can fail to say that word. And no man who is functioning contrary or under another spirit, which is not of God, can say that Christ is come in the flesh. Now, it's not the simple proclamation that Jesus is come in the flesh. No. It's the entirety of the message to represent that Christ is come in the flesh. You know Why? Because simple men simply end on the man saying that Christ is come in the flesh. No, it's not just the man saying that Christ is come in the flesh. Although it's also hard for a man to say that. But he's talking about the implication of the minister to define Christ coming in the flesh. But there are, there's also another thing here. You remember when they question Jesus and Jesus tells them, Go and tell them, the blind see, the deaf hear. The gospel is preached. You understand? Let me tell you. Whether you're talking of a false teacher, false prophet, false apostle, false evangelist, false whatever. Do you know why when Jesus was testifying, when they were questioning his person, the first testimony he gave was the blind sea. Let me tell you, there are many miracles that can be faked, but that's the one miracle Satan can't fake. He can't open a blind eye. <laughs> Satan can't open. You look at all this, boy. Well, that's a fake word. You, you check even guys who do miracles, but get to a point where someone says, "I came when I'm not seeing. Now I see that seeing." opening a blind eye. <coughs> he can fake any miracle, but opening a blind eye. You look at all these people who do miracles, but opening a blind eye. Someone telling you, oh, I wasn't seeing well in this eye, now it's opening. Oh, I, was, I couldn't read, now I read. Oh, I was blind, now I see. Opening. Taking self of an eye. Do your research. But that's not only the physical. There are men who don't just open physical eyes. But they open your eyes to see God. Paul says, and to whom I'm least of all saints was given unto me this grace to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. No false minister can open your spiritual eyes to see God. Let's leave the physical. Let's go to the spiritual. You must hear a man and every time he speaks or she speaks. You see things in God. That's something certain. That is why many false ministers, prophets, what? They can't teach. They just do miracles and prophesy. They can't teach. (laughs) They can't teach. They can't teach. They can't teach. They can't teach. They cannot teach. They cannot teach. Because you must have a certain eye to teach. If your eye is single... He says, then your body will be flooded with light. What's the Greek word for I? Ophthalmos. Perceptive understanding of spiritual things. If they are true, then your body will be filled with light. Full of light. No no satanic man can reveal Christ. That's not not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible even Satan reads the Bible wrongly. He misunderstands it. Had he known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. This wisdom is hidden from them which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You can't know this thing and set yourself against Christ. You cannot. You can't know this much. He's irresistible. Tell your neighbor, he is irresistible. at least if you can't open the physical open the spiritual more importantly more importantly to make all men see that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light he prays for the church that the blind church, you know some people think blindness is just physical, no, this is spiritual blindness, having eyes they see not having ears they hear not you see that? When the blind lead the blind, they fall in a ditch. He's talking about spiritual blindness. You cannot open the eye of a blind man spiritually and you're under another spirit. I'm talking of the eyes of a blind man to see God. So let's go back to John 16. He says, these things have I spoken unto you in parables, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in parables, but I shall show you plainly the Father. And at that day you shall ask in my name and I say a note unto you that I will pray the Father for you. You see? So he says, in the day when you get to know the Father, I will not be praying for you to the Father. Because you will know the Father. And he loves you like he loves me, the Son. Yeah? He says, for the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. And the next verse says, now listen, you have believed, now hey, listen, underline that, you have believed that I came out from God the Father. You have believed that everything that I do expresses the mind of the Father. And he says, and I came forth from the Father, and I come into this world again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And the next verse says, and these disciples, listen, like the usual people, eh? he says, said unto him, oh, now speakest thou plainly. And speaketh no proverb. They say, now we are sure that thou knowest all things. Listen, listen at what level they approve the Son of God. Because he's not speaking anymore in parables. So if he's speaking in parables, he did not know. But now that he speaks plainly to them in a language they can understand, they say, now we are sure. That means we were not sure because, you see how human beings think? At the point when the Son of God is ambiguous, he's not clear. They doubt him. Because he's not clear. They doubt him because they don't understand. Now, because they understand plainly, they say, we are sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe. They said that thou comest from God. We believe it. Why? Because you've spoken plainly. And Jesus says, do you now believe? He's shocked. Because you see, You think that my plainness of speech means that I've plainly revealed the Father. You think that because I've spoken to you plainly, that means you think that I have revealed the Father. No, the revelation of the Father has nothing to do with me speaking to you plainly. I do not intend to speak to you plainly about the Father. I intend to show you plainly the Father. Who has understood what I just said? I don't intend to speak to you plainly about the Father. It's not in the simplicity of my articulation. No, I intend to plainly show you the Father. This is not about the language. This is not about the speech. It's not about the semantics. It's not about the vocabulary. It's about the plainly showing of the Father. I don't need to speak it to reveal Father God. There are things I can do as a son of God and and not need to speak, but yet still reveal the Father. My interest is to show you plainly the Father. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave them the Holy Ghost. You understand? He says, it's for your advantage that I go to the Father. For the Spirit shall not come. I'm trying to send you someone who will teach you all things and remind you that which you have forgotten concerning God the Father. You need to know the Father. You need to know the Father. You need to know his mind. You need to know his heart. You need to know Him. Some of you are orphans in the body. I have good news for you. You will stay orphans until you understand God the Father. He told them, I shall not leave you as orphans. So even if you don't have a biological father, you have Father God. That means you don't have an excuse. Anymore to say that I have failed in life because my father is not alive. How much could your earthly father teach you versus your heavenly father? Do you know that many people struggle in life because they didn't have father figures or at least godly father figures? So you don't have an excuse. No. Understand God the Father. Understand God the Father. You might have not have a good, had a good father figure. That's alright. Now you have God. If you had a godly father physically, praise God. But there's still also Father God. The Bible says from whom all families derive their name. He's the Father, Father of Fathers. He's the God, Father of Fathers. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Speak in other tongues. If you don't have tongues and you have any other language, speak to God in the language you understand. In the secret, the quiet
1: place, in the stillness you are there. Come on. The secret Quiet hour I'll wait only For you Cause I wanna know You more I want to Know you I wanna Hear your voice I want to Know you more to touch you I want to see your face.
0: come on talk to God talk to him in your own language in your own way tell him God I need to know you tell him God I need to know you father God I need
1: I ask God that I might receive the prize. Pressing on words, pushing every hindrance aside, out of my way. cause I wanna know. Tonight
0: God. I said, may you see God. May he be revealed to you in ways and forms. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself. Reveal the Father to somebody tonight. May they see you plainly. There's a wonderful grace falling on some prophets here wonderful grace thank you Jesus God fills you with his spirit baptizes you strengthens you enables you thank you Lord thank you Lord somebody give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise come on clap for him clap for him clap for him give him a mighty hand clap of praise and tell him Jesus you're able you're wonderful you're awesome You're glorious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you've never given your life to Christ and you feel you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are not born again and you say, I want to receive that man, Jesus, the Son of God, as my personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity so we can lead you through a confession prayer. This is the best decision you're going to make. God is going to change your lives for good. Repeat these words after me. Say Jesus I thank you because you died for me. I believe you are the son of God who gave his life for me. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior, change me, fill me. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 or email us at, at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com/funero. Funero, make manifest.